This is Christian Book Blurb, brought to you by author and songwriter Matt McClary. Get a behind-the-scenes glimpse into the lives of some of your favourite Christian authors, hear about their books and faith. Also, why not check out my website, mattmcclary.com. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Christian Book Blurb podcast. I'm your host, Matt McClary, and it's fantastic that you have joined us again for another episode. Today, I'm speaking to the author, Eric Shoemaker, who is going to be speaking to us about his new book called Hours, A Biblical Comfort for Men Grieving miscarriage. On the 15th of October, it is Miscarriage Awareness Day. This episode is coming out um, a little bit before that, but hopefully on or around the 15th of October, you will be able to find this podcast and give it a listen because I know that our conversation is going to be a really important one around a really important topic. So thank you for joining us and let's welcome onto the show Eric Shoemaker. Hi Eric. Hey Matt, it's good to be with you. Yeah, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Um, as I mentioned at the the opening of the show, we're going to be speaking about your new book called Ours, Biblical Comfort for Men Grieving Miscarriage. Can you just tell us um, what it's about and how you hope it can be used? Sure. It's uh, Ours is a 31-day devotional resource that's designed for men who are walking through uh, grief after uh, a miscarriage. And it, uh, it, it walks through the Gospel of Luke and in 31 days. It's designed for men to read a portion of Luke each day. And then I answer, or at least address each day, a question uh, that men face when they're walking through miscarriage and try to answer that from the life of Jesus so that uh, as they walk through this difficult experience, they can walk through it with with Christ, with our Lord, and see his heart for uh, those who suffer and how the scriptures might apply to uh, that that loss. And so I, I hope it's used by men uh, who are grieving, and I hope it's used by uh, their friends and their uh, pastoral care to sort of understand the experience and know how to provide some, some biblical hope. So before we get into your book about um, men and miscarriage, I believe there's a companion book that runs alongside it, which is aimed at women in miscarriage by the author Abby Wedgworth. And her book is called Held, 31 Biblical Reflections on God's Comfort and Care in the Sorrow of Miscarriage. Is that right? Am I understanding that these are both companions to each other? Yeah, that's correct. Uh, the Good Book Company had published uh, Abby's book, Held, and she'd asked me to contribute a brief testimony on the husband's experience uh, with miscarriage. And so when I got the my contributor's copy from them, it was so well done. Uh, I was I was just very impressed. It's a it's a a wonderful volume, and I wrote them and said, uh, you really need to. Uh, produce a volume that's aimed at men, because as far as I know, there isn't a resource for men experiencing miscarriage. And, in, and I, and I added, uh, I'd, I'd like to write it. <laughs> and so they, they agreed and allowed me to. Yeah. Well, I must admit when, when I saw that your book was, um, coming out, 
that's what really intrigued me and drew me to it really is that it's it's a topic that that applies to both men and women um but yet because of the sort of the women's unique position Mm -hmm. in 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 the process of miscarriage i suppose um there are resources and things out there um but but yes you're right the the sort of the, the male element is is left out of the sort of the support and things um that are needed around um such a sensitive topic so you've already mentioned that you used the gospel of luke mm-hmm. to help you work through some of these things in the devotional um why did you choose luke well a couple of reasons the, the first is is that i know you know men in general uh when it comes to christian books uh women are the primary readers uh at least here in the states men don't read uh often and so i figured if i if i'm getting them to pick up one book to read i want them to come face to face with jesus and the 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 second is is because jesus is Oh, in in the Gospels, he is such a, a friend of sufferers, and he himself suffers, and so we get to see both those things, which I think is a great comfort in our own suffering. That Jesus loves people who suffer, and with Luke, one of the things that attracted me to it is just its beginning, the way that Luke starts with a, a couple who is barren. It starts with infertility with uh, Zechariah and uh, Elizabeth not able to have children. And Luke specifically notes that they are a righteous couple in regards to the law. And so there's, there is a, a comfort there that uh, pregnancy loss and infertility struggles are not uh, a result of sin or a curse on people. And then we have uh, these scenes with uh, John the Baptist in the womb and Jesus in the womb. And it begins with the Lord's interest in what's going on in the womb and with uh, little children. And so it's a good reminder that the Lord is very much interested in these things, even though they are unseen to us and to most of the watching world. Uh, they are not unseen to the Lord. Mm. Yes, I, c- I could see how how those topics start to feed into into what you're talking about in your book. Yeah, really good. You speak honestly and openly about miscarriage um, from a position of experience. Um, what can you share with us about your experiences of miscarriage? Mm. Well, my wife and I experienced four miscarriages. Each was at a different point in the pregnancy. And that's that illustrates to me uh, just how every miscarriage is unique. Every miscarriage story is different. Um, and I, I feel like I had a number of oh, experiences along the way that highlighted to me uh, what men go through in different ways and how men are often overlooked in this uh, journey. And so, you know, one, one quick example is for one of our miscarriages, my wife needed to be admitted to the hospital. Uh, they induced labor 
to deliver the baby after the miscarriage. And so we were there for a, a few days and it, it was interesting to me to notice um, how, because we didn't have a living baby, the father wasn't considered a, a patient, wasn't given an identity bracelet. And so every time that I had to leave the, the ward I, and be readmitted, I had to explain my situation again, which brought some embarrassments and just sort of made you relive the experience. Uh, they didn't deliver meals to the room for the father. And so I had to go to this little cafeteria that was provided for the dads in the labor and delivery ward. And, and so you all arrive at the same time to pick up your food uh, because it's only open for a short time. And all the dads are in there sharing pictures and talking about what they had, uh, you know, a, a baby boy or a girl. And then all of a sudden the, the attention turns to you because you're the one that hasn't shared yet. And they ask you what you had and, and you feel like you're the one who introduces this sadness into this room full of joy and you, you want to shrink back and sort of disappear. And so, uh, you know, those are just little examples that happened in the hospital, but the same thing is, is true, uh, in outside the hospital, you know, even just returning to church, um, for obvious reasons, there's so much attention on the mother and there should be because she's the one who has physically gone through this experience. Uh, but often the only questions a man might get is, uh, how is the mother doing? How's your wife doing? Um, do you need any help? But no one is checking in to see how your heart is and, um, how, how you're doing walking through this. Uh, which can leave you feeling a bit uh, unseen and alone and um, wondering if your feelings are even legitimate. Mm -hmm. That leads me nicely on to uh, the next question I was going to ask you, um, which is how do you deal with the societal tendency to ignore miscarriage or to even pretend that it hasn't even happened. I mean, here in the UK, um, my wife, my, my wife and I, from personal experience, um, we experienced an ectopic pregnancy, mm. um, and we know friends who've who've had several miscarriages, and depending on the time of when it happens in the pregnancy, um, so so one of our friends. Um, it was two days before the certain number of days required um, for it to be acknowledged that it was al alive. Mm. Um, and so they, they weren't allowed to bury their child. They weren't allowed to have the child's body to, to, to grieve or, or have a funeral or anything. That It's not allowed because it's not mm. considered um, alive in the medical term. And so... What do you do with that? And then also you've got this whole social thing. Um, I'm not sure about in the U in, in, in America, but here especially, um, where couples who are trying to get pregnant um, keep everything quiet. Mm -hmm. They don't tell anybody mm -hmm. until at least sort of the first trimester has happened because that's the time where the most 
problems could occur sure. and then from then on the the percentage of things going wrong you know reduces a lot and so only then do they so sort of let family and friends know that hey guess what we're pregnant um which my wife and i found really difficult um because you know you want to share the joy with people that that you're pregnant mm -hmm. and actually if something were to go wrong well if people know that then that that's actually a good thing because people can support you and people can can come around you and understand what what's going on rather than you know oh well we'll just keep it quiet just in case something goes wrong and then we never have to speak of it and to me that's really sad mm -hmm. so so how how do you deal with with all of this societal stuff going on around this sort of almost taboo subject of miscarriage mm. Uh, that's a great question, Matt, and and I'm sorry to hear about your your experience and your wife's experience with that that pregnancy loss. That's that is difficult, and and I think I think you you've hit upon one of the the main issues that we deal with with uh, miscarriage and pregnancy loss is this matter of if it's not talked about, um, then it it raises the question of whether it's a legitimate loss, whether it's a legitimate uh, thing to talk about. And here in the U.S., uh, you know, I think the first time I ever heard about miscarriage was when I was uh, a teenager, probably in the early 90s. And then I didn't hear about it again until I went off to seminary, um, you know, maybe oh, five six, seven years later, and uh, one of my theology professors, Dr. Russell Moore, uh, spoke about he and his wife's uh, multiple miscarriages, and it was the first time I'd ever heard of anybody speaking uh, publicly about miscarriage, particularly a man uh, speaking about it. And it, here in the U.S. for a long time, it was something that you did not talk about. In fact, when my wife and I shared about one of ours my mom was sharing with my great aunt who was like a grandparent to me lived next door to us and she shared with my mom that she had experienced five miscarriages and you know she was born in the early 1900s and they never had any living children but if i'm remembering correctly she had not that was the first time she shared with anybody and she was in her 90s and i just thought wow how difficult to to walk through life having miscarried five times and probably several people knowing but it's not talked about and so they know you know you probably know that they know but what can you say and it's i i what, what you said I, I think gets so just just hits it right on the head that when we don't share in case something happens, then we can't share when something happens, um, or at least we don't, because that's the reason we were staying quiet anyway. And so then we have to suffer alone. And miscarriage is hard to share anyway, because, you know, the mother is the most acquainted with the pregnancy simply because she's the one who is pregnant. Her body's gone through all these changes. She's aware every day that there's a child inside of her. Uh, and then there's the father who is 
mentally preparing, uh, you know, for what life with this child is going to be like and maybe setting up a nursery and going to appointments and those sorts of things. Uh, but then when we tell other people, um, they begin to anticipate it, but they don't anticipate on the same level that we do, even if they're happy for us. They, you know, maybe grandparents, but, uh, or other children, but otherwise they're happy for us. And they think about it every now and then when they see us. Uh, but, you know, when the loss comes, even for those who know, uh, it's still not as acute of a loss as it is for the parents right there because they haven't lived with the development of this child. But if you, if you remove any knowledge of that uh, from the equation, then our friends in our church are finding out about the pregnancy at the same moment they're finding out about the miscarriage. And it's, they, they haven't even, they haven't even rejoiced over the news to be able to begin to mourn it. And I, I think, um, you know, our, I, I think that's something that needs to change. And I, and I know here in the U.S. it's begun to change. There's a lot more conversation about miscarriage, many more resources about miscarriage coming out. Uh, sadly, um, well, it's a good thing, uh, you know, that they're coming out, but many of them are designed simply for the woman. And anytime the father is is mentioned, it's sort of how you can care for uh, your wife, uh, for the mother, and which is good because men need to know that, but men also need to know how to process this loss and how to grieve it. And, and sometimes we feel selfish about that uh, because the mother's going through these physical changes uh, in the miscarriage. She might be experiencing some pain. Uh, she might have to have med medical procedures performed. She's recovering from that. And it can feel selfish to bring up her own grief, but really, when the father is processing his loss well, their loss well, uh, he's in a much better place to care for for her. And that's why I encourage men to talk about it. Plus, I, I just encounter, a, as a pastor, I encounter a lot of women who one of their questions is, I don't know if my husband's okay. He's not sharing anything. Um, or... I feel like I'm grieving this loss by myself. I feel like I'm alone in this because he's not talking about it. And I, I think the more we can begin to talk about it, you know, our, our Lord processed his grief in public, you know, at the tomb of Lazarus. And we don't need to be afraid uh, to follow in his, his footsteps. Mm. It's great that your book um, helps men to start to grieve um, the loss. Um, but is in America is the opportunity to grieve grieve the loss? I mean, we lost our our little one really early on, um, but you know, are, are funerals allowed? Mm. Are you know th those kind of questions? Because I know in the UK, like a, a movement has started. I don't think it's a Christian movement either. It's it's one that sort of goes around the country, around all, visiting all the different cathedrals, and basically it 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 just says you know if you've had a miscarriage or, or something of that nature and haven't had the opportunity to say goodbye mm -hmm. um come along and you know and, and they, they have um ways of helping people mm -hmm. to, to to process the loss and start of sort of giving permission 
to to couples to actually grieve um where permission hasn't really been given before so is is that is that different in america are are you allowed to have a funeral or something like that or or is it similar to the uk uh yes uh you are allowed so with one of ours um the miscarriage uh was at a point and because my wife was able to deliver um you know a, a, a little baby you know fit in the palm of our hands um we were able to have a, a funeral home pick up the baby's remains and um, which they will do even if, even if you have to have a procedure to remove the baby where the, the body isn't whole, uh, you can have them pick it up. And they often have baby sections in our cemeteries here and you can arrange to have a funeral done and a burial done. And, and I've done one of those uh, funerals, just a private family ceremony for a friend of mine and then we just had a family ceremony on our own. We didn't invite anyone, but it was just us and our living children at the graveside. And I would, uh, you know, that's 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 sad uh, to hear you say that. I hadn't heard of that before. Before where it's not allowed to have a funeral. And uh, is that a state thing or a church thing? That's a, it's a state thing, state thing. Um, because it's it, it, it's to fit in with abortion laws and that kind sure. of thing, yeah. and so that it's all that kind of stuff going on in the background, yeah. um, which which then ties ties the hands of the authorities yeah. and things. After a certain point, you can have a funeral, but it's sort of before that point, yes, um, where you know all those other things come into play. I would encourage you know those listening who may walk through miscarriage or have even had one to, and, and I, I imagine it differs according to church tradition. Um, I'm a Baptist pastor. And so uh, being Baptist and being American, you know, we, we have the mindset of we can do whatever we want, <laughs> but uh, uh, um, I would encourage you to ask if you could even have a memorial service, because I, I think it's worth honor. Every life is, made in the image of God, even if we never saw the body. And it's worth honoring that loss and that person because the Lord does. Uh, the Lord uh, honors them as, as a valuable person created in his image. And I would, I would encourage pastors to always offer, um, you know, some, some, some parents will be uncomfortable with that or won't want it, but to always offer, is there anything you'd like to do in terms of a service? Um, he, even if there's no body to be buried, it's, I think, I think that's a, that's a good blessing. And, and, you know, what you mentioned about abortion laws and all that, that is, that complicates things so much in terms of public mourning. Uh, you know, several years ago, after we returned from the doctor's office of the hospital, after one of the miscarriages, I, I needed to run out to, uh, pick up a, medication prescription for uh for my wife and so i got into my car and turned it on and had the radio on it was public radio on and they were interviewing a politician from our state who was discussing some uh, uh, pro-abortion legislation that was being debated at um our state capitol at the time and he was defending it you know it was it was it was allowing abortion up to a certain point and and he said, I, I, 
he said, I, I don't know what the big deal is. I don't know why people would be upset. It's only, you know, abortion up to this many weeks in the pregnancy. And well, it was the same number of weeks as our child. And so he had basically just dismissed uh, our child as a, it's only, you know, as, as this didn't count as a life and it wasn't really important. And that caused a bit of anger in my heart. Uh, and right now, you know, with the Supreme Court ruling here in the U.S. about Roe v. Wade and abortion is a very public discussion and debate right now, and even among Christians. And the things that I read and see on social media or that I hear on the radio, um, I don't think people think about um how they land on a couple or a parent that has walked through a miscarriage. Uh, even Christians, I think, who are trying to sympathize with those who choose to have an abortion, uh, which I think we want to be gentle and compassionate and, uh, you know, want to minister to people. But even the ways they speak about uh, those abortions can sometimes come across in a way that really devalues or diminishes the worth of a life at that stage in the pregnancy. And if you are a parent who has walked through a miscarriage or is at the moment experiencing that, particularly if you're, if you're in a place where miscarriage isn't talked about much and the conversation about abortion is becoming very heated, it, it's going to be very hard to speak up and to say anything. And it can create wounds that uh, could end friendships and cause division and hurt in the church. Uh, I think it's, I think it's something we need to think very carefully about. And, and I, you know, one of the reasons I've chosen to there's several reasons I've chosen to speak publicly about miscarriage, but I think one of them is our culture needs to come face to face with uh, this is a child and I'm grieving and you're not going to stop me from grieving. And you need to understand that some of your arguments um, are telling me that my grief is illegitimate and I shouldn't be sorrowful. And I think part of our Christian witness is to stand up in the, in the face of that and say, no, I'm, I'm going to weep at the tomb like Jesus did with Lazarus. And uh, you need to think about that uh, because um, th this isn't a small thing. We're dealing with a human being created in the image of God. Yes, it's a, it's a big and, and difficult thing, all of it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Um, just come, coming back to your book, um, you've got some really useful features in there. It's it's not it's not just a devotional. Yes, you read the bits and and you 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 explain how it kind of fits into the life of Jesus. Um, there's a Bible verse at the start of each day. You've also got a prayer in there each day to help people and and a bit of journaling space as well. Um, so so I, I guess I I quite like it. It's quite a well rounded um tool to help people process and work through um their grief in the in the light of miscarriage um we'll be coming back to speak a bit more with eric shoemaker um in just a moment 
If you enjoy listening to this podcast, you can help keep it on the web. All you've got to do is buy me a coffee. Head over to buymeacoffee.com slash mattmcclary to make a donation. There is a link in this episode's show notes. So go on, buy me a coffee today and help this podcast to keep supporting Christian books and authors. Welcome back. I am chatting with the author Eric Shoemaker, um, who has written his book called Hours, A Biblical Comfort for Men Grieving Miscarriage. Now, Eric, we've spoken quite a lot about miscarriage and about your book. Um, but one of the things we like to do here on the Christian Book Blurb is to um, find out a little bit more about the author um, behind the scenes or, or behind the pen. Um, who is Eric Shoe, Shoemaker. I, I notice your name is spelt um, like you would say Michael Schumacher, the Formula One driver, <laughs> yeah. but you say Shoemaker. Um, are you related at all? Oh, I wish. Uh, <laughs> my middle name is Michael, and so uh, my 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 oldest son in the last year or two has become a very big fan of F1 uh, racing, and so he's a fan of Mick. And I think he'd like me to go by my middle name. So at least on paper, it looks the same. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe maybe if he gets into racing, that uh, we'll start doing that. <laughs> um, what do you have another job? Is is being an author and writing books all you do? Oh, or do you do other things? Yeah, uh, I'm. My full time job is I am a pastor here at a church in Iowa, in the United States, and so that's that's my full time employment. I've written uh, three other books beside this, and really enjoy writing. I would love to write full time if I could, but. Um, I would need to sell a lot of copies of some book at some point <laughs> to be able to afford that. Uh, I also uh, co-host a podcast called Worthy uh, with an American author, Elise Fitzpatrick. And it is about, it's the podcast is about celebrating the value of women in the world, the church and the home. And so we have interviews with all sorts of fascinating women uh, from around the world. Uh, some people may have heard of and most of which people haven't, but it's, it's a delight to see what God is doing through some of our sisters around the globe. That sounds really fascinating. Um, how about favorite things? Oh, Do you have a favorite thing to eat or, or favorite thing to, to watch? Uh, favorite things. Uh, well, I'm a big fan of the, the country music artist, uh, Johnny Cash. And so, um, I'm I'm a bit of a fanatic uh, when it comes to that, <laughs> and tend to be known known for that among my friends. Uh, so I, I love his music. I've got his album "Walk the Line." I really like. Oh that yes, one. yes. Well, I, I love his life. His his story is 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 fascinating and a great story of redemption. Uh, I don't know if I have a favorite food, but uh, fish and chips is is if i if i can get those in a good uh authentic uh you know pub then i'm going for that with some malt vinegar that mm. good oh great oh you, you'd fit right in here in the uk oh, <laughs> we love our fish i would <laughs> love to come have some of the real thing in the real place <laughs> um have you got anything coming up um 
as you say, you've written some other books in the past. Have you got something in the pipeline? Is there another Michael Shoemaker book co- coming out soon? Uh, there's not. I have a few. I have a proposal in to an author that we're going to have some conversations about here soon. And I have another that I'm working on, uh, but there's no contract signed. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm in an odd place where I don't have any projects to work on right now. So I'm trying to figure out what to do with my time. <laughs> Coming on podcasts like this, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. We have, we have five children in the home between 10 and 20. So <laughs> there's always something to do. <laughs> Yeah, that will keep you busy, that's for sure. That's excellent. Um, And so if people want to find out more about you or more about your books, have you got um, social media or a website that people can look at and that kind of thing? Yeah, my uh, website is emshoemaker.com. And as you mentioned, uh, Shoemaker is spelled like Schumacher, uh, S-C-H-U-M-A-C-H-E-R. And... Uh, so EM Shoemaker, that's my handle on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, uh, all the socials. So I, I, I love to connect with people on there. Um, I'm, I'm quite active on Twitter and sometimes Instagram and I try to avoid Facebook for my sanity. And so, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, that's great. Um, just for those listening, we will be putting a link to Eric's website in the show notes or the description um wherever you are listening to this podcast whatever platform you're on you should be able to find that and then click your way over there from that point so do have a look out for those well thank you eric for joining me today it's been it's been a heartfelt discussion i've i've enjoyed it and it's given me a lot to think about and pray about as well and yes, if you know someone who has experienced miscarriage recently or you are going through it yourself and if you know what grief works in very strange ways. So it doesn't even have to be a recent thing. It might have been something that happened a really long time ago, um, but you still need to um, come to terms with it or process it. Do check out Eric's book called Hours. A biblical comfort for men grieving miscarriage, or indeed Abby Wedgworth's companion book uh, to his called Held 31 Biblical Reflections on God's Comfort and Care in the Sorrow of Miscarriage. And yeah, I'm sure that that will be a blessing to you or indeed to the people that you give them to. So that just leads me to say thank you to Eric for joining us on today's podcast. Thanks, Eric. Yeah, thank you, Matt. Thanks for the opportunity to come on and to have this conversation. It's It's been a pleasure uh, to meet you and share some time with your listeners. And thank you as well to you for listening to this episode of the Christian Book Blurb. Remember, our show comes out twice a month, so do keep a lookout for it. We interview a wide range of Christian authors um, that deal with a wide range of topics, both fiction and non-fiction. So do come back again soon for another episode of The Christian Book Blurb. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to Christian Book Blurb with your host, Matt McClary. Do give it a like, give it a share, and let your friends know all about it. We do hope to see you again soon on another Christian Book Blurb.